Hello and welcome to uh, the first edition of Deeper for 2021. It's good to have you back with us. And it's also good to have Rob with us. Welcome, Rob. Thank you and happy new year to everybody and welcome to Deeper 2021. Yeah. Happy new year. It's got. It's going to be a good one, isn't it? It's got to be a good one. Although it's not. Hopefully, it'll be a joyous. Hopefully, it'll be a joyous New Year. Yeah, a joyous New Year. Yeah, it, might, it doesn't feel like it's starting well at the moment. But anyway, it's got to go. It's got to get better. Uh, so, Rob, you preached uh, on uh, our verse for the year, uh, which is Romans fifteen verse thirteen. Which, off the top of your head, can you remember it? I can actually, yeah. Go on then, do, you, do, you want to, do you want people to read the whole passage? Do you want well, me you just, just to say it? What it is, then we'll get them to read the whole passage. Okay. So it's, may the God of hope uh, fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well done, mate. I hadn't remembered it, so that's good. So uh, we would love you to read the passage. We're actually going to look at Romans 15, verses 13 to 20. So why not press pause, read that passage, and then restart the video when you've done that. Great. Rob, why don't you... Uh, great talk, by the way, yesterday. Fantastic talk. Why don't you summarise your 15 minutes into one minute and tell people what you said? Okay, I think I just focus really on the one verse. I know we're going to expand that today. But it kind of falls into two neat halves of three and three. There was three things we were encouraged to do, and that was to, to be filled with joy and hope. No, it wasn't. It was filled with joy and peace. Yeah. So that we could overflow with hope. And then the passage tells us, the verse tells us how to do that. And we do that by... Trusting in God, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and knowing it's the God of hope that does it. Mm. So it's the God of hope that does it by us trusting in him by being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think that's nice symmetry that Paul does that. Three things and three ways of doing it. Yeah. That's a really neat little summary. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we're going to just look at this passage. Obviously, we'll start with verse 13, but we'll go through the whole passage. Uh, so uh, you said a couple of times yesterday, Rob, that um, you could have preached a number of sermons on this on this verse. Yeah. Uh, what what else did you want to say? What else did you want to draw out of that uh, verse before we look at the rest of the passage? Well, I, I would love to have gone an awful lot more into just, I, I think the crux of this verse is just a little phrase and it says, as you trust in him. Um, and you can easily skip that because there's no complicated words in there. There's nothing deep. There's yeah. nothing heavy as you trust in him. And But Paul says that the only way we get to live this life of joy and peace is if we do it on an ongoing basis, for what a better expression, holding the hand of God. Mm. Walking with God is what the, the, Bible, the, the Bible says. And it's so easy to to look at it and super spiritualize it and say, this is all down to God. It's his power of the Holy Spirit. And don't get me wrong. God is involved in this massively, but we have a role to play. If we want to be filled with joy and peace and have lives that are overflowing with hope. And our role is we have to make the, the act of will, make the decision to on a regular daily ongoing basis, 
trust in him, believe in him, live our lives with him. Now, we could dig into that in massive detail, how we do that, what mm. that means. And, uh, and I want to encourage people to, to do that themselves, as I said, dig into this passage. But the crux of this is, you know, we want to have these benefits, you know, of, of, of joy and hope and, and, uh, and peace. We only gain them by walking with God on a regular, ongoing basis. That's right. And, and the key is, as you, as you brought out just then and also yesterday, is it's that ongoing thing. It's not just a one-off, I'm going to trust God and hope for the best. It is trusting God in every moment and in every situation. Because that's what mm. Paul's getting at, isn't it? It's, it's that. Yeah. I can't remember the uh, the grammatical term you used. I can. My grammar is terrible. Present continuous. Present continuous. That's right. It's ongoing, every moment, trusting God for what you're doing, and, and yeah. that's the key thing. I think I like about it as well. I mean, there is that, isn't it? The thing that we do is trust, and then the thing that He does is fill us with His Holy Spirit, because that's the other aspect of it, isn't it? That those yeah. two things together allow us to be filled with all joy and peace and to overflow with hope that we have trust in him in every moment and also that he fills us with a spirit that's key yeah. too uh, the other thing i would love to dip into and we definitely preached i have definitely preached on this many times uh, but i would definitely encourage people to understand what this word peace fully means Mm. it's a massive concept in the bible it's a massive project of god's that he wants us to live under the the blanket of peace but but so much more than the english word that ever expressing is used normally Mm -hmm. so and i'm not going to get into it again now but i want to once again encourage people just to do a, a, a word search do a study get out your, your Bibles and fully understand. Because as I say, it's mentioned over 400 times in, in the Bible. When you look at it all, you get to understand when it's said again and again and again and again and again, what God's getting at by this word, which is, you know, the summary that I did about, about you know, personal integrity, social justice and prosperity for all. You know, that's a wonderful thing that God wants, not just for Christians. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he wants that for all his creation and for all, you know, seven billion of us you know that's what god wants and you think of course that would be a wonderful society to live under yeah absolutely and you know the other thing about joy you know again that is, as you said on uh sunday that's not simply about happiness no it's more than that yeah and uh you know a number of times in scripture it talks about the joy of our salvation the joy of yeah. knowing jesus the the joy of knowing that uh, our eternal life is assured the joy of knowing that God is in us, all those kind of things. That's where our joy comes from. And to think of joy as simply something fluffy and happy yeah. is, you know, is a mistake. It's something, it's deeper. Deeper. But also it is expressed, as you made the point on Sunday. You know, it's not something that you hide away deep within you. You've got a deep joy and look as grumpy as anything. Uh, it is about uh, a, a joy that comes from, from our guts almost. You know, yeah. I think it's that kind of sense of just the deepest joy of knowing that we are God's, we are his and he is ours, and that comes out in our life. I, I, I read somewhere, somebody said, uh, Christians may visit the valleys, but they don't live there. Yeah. Uh, and what they were getting at was, we cannot be happy all the time. You know, when we have illnesses, when we have death, when we have bad things happen to us, you know, we are rightful to be sad and to be angst and not be happy, but that doesn't affect our our joy 
uh, in all the things you've, you've mentioned. And so it's, it's good to see the difference there. However, that's not an excuse never to be happy. No. You know, we visit the valleys. We don't live in the valleys. We live in the mountaintops. And, and it's important for us to, to try and weigh up that up. You know, where do we actually live as opposed to where do we visit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, when the Bible talks about of us being citizens of heaven, then you can only think of being joyful in heaven. I mean, I can't yeah. think of any other emotion that I would want to express more than joy when I'm living in heaven. Uh, and we are citizens of heaven now. You know, we are seated in, in the heavenly places. Uh, and so that that's... I mean, joy is a, is a huge thing. This, this, oh, is that your phone? That's my phone. I'll turn that off. There we go. Cool boy error there, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to um, verse 14. Uh, because then Paul, uh, he starts to talk about himself a little bit, doesn't he? Um, yeah. And, and he, But he also he talks about us. Uh, and I think he says some lovely, I mean, really lovely things. And he doesn't always think about Paul as being lovely. But no. uh, verse 14, you know, he says, I'm convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness uh, and filled with knowledge. And, I, you know, I, when I read that, I'm kind of quite taken with that. Because it's, so, it's one of those verses I would just pass over in, in our, my reading. Yeah. Um, but this is Paul being, you know, really deeply encouraging to a group of people who we hadn't met um, and saying, you know, you're full of goodness. And I think that speaks to something about our identity in Christ. Yeah. When, when you read that verse, what, what strikes you? It strikes me uh, as a very um, simple lesson in discipleship. Mm. In that when we become Christians, and these were all relatively new Christians, you can think, uh, once, once I know a lot more, once I'm more spiritual, then I'll be able to tell others about Jesus Christ. Yes, then yes. I'll be able to show others about Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I don't know what's happening here, but I'll try and cancel this again. Uh, I've put it on silent, but it hasn't worked. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, let's do we go. So, um, and I, and I think the lesson Paul said to these guys, you are able now to instruct one another. You know, you're able now. Don't don't wait for me. Don't be relying on me. But but you've, you've got the goodness, you've got the knowledge, and you've got the ability now. Yeah. And I think that's a really important lesson that uh, I remember somebody preaching about ships staying in the harbour, not ready to go out into the oceans because it's just one more prayer meeting, just a bit more Bible study, a bit, a bit more godly. Then we'll go out and take, go into battle. Yeah. And Paul said, no, guys, it's now. You're ready now. And, yeah, and you see that with Jesus and his disciples. You know, they weren't with him long before he was getting them to do stuff. You yeah. know, he, he, he had them doing things really quickly. And, I, you know, the, 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 idea, the thing that struck me here was uh, Christians can often um, do themselves down a bit. You know, I am just a sinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that does. Yeah. Uh, and and it's true. Yes, you are. Oh, but you are also now born again, and you yeah. are recreated. Uh, and what God created, He says in Genesis, was good. And if He has recreated you, if you are born again, then you are good as well. You are inherently good because of what God yeah. has done in you, because of what Christ has done on the cross. You know, so there's a kind of balance act there between knowing that we can all move into sin quite easily, but also yeah. understanding who we now are in Christ 
we are born again. And so Paul yeah. can say quite clearly, you know, you really? are filled with goodness, you know, and, um, and we need to take that on board as well. Yeah. Uh, then uh, let's move on to 16, maybe. Yeah. Then Paul starts to talk about himself a little bit, doesn't he? And, um, uh, and I like this because he, he starts to talk about who, it's kind of about who he is. It's not just his role. It's not just the job he has. Who he is now is a minister of Christ. Um, yeah. And that says something about his identity. Um, what do you see in the, in, certainly 16 and 17? Um, I, I think, I think, I mean, Paul is an unusual character. I mean, uh, probably the most influential character outside Jesus in, in the growth of Christianity, you know, and uh, he, he doesn't show false humility, but he understands where he is as a servant in Christ and the power he has through being a servant in Christ, you know, and he said, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me and leading the Gentiles to obey God. But he did do, he did lead many, many Gentiles to, to God and he realizes yeah. that in God, he can do mighty things, and he's not embarrassed of that, but he gives God the glory. Yeah. And I spit like what you're saying before, but the difference between being saints, sorry, being sinners and being saints, being sinners have been princes and princesses. You know, you know, other places, Paul rips themselves apart and calls himself horrendous, you know, the, the worst of all sinners because of what he'd done. But then other times he realizes, no, actually in Christ, you know, I've done amazing things through, through Christ. And I think it's important that we can see that, duality of thought that that we all at some level experience mm. okay i'm rubbish no actually what happened there with god was dead good actually you know but not get boastful but, but to honor god but think through god nothing's impossible mm. exactly yeah in and fact, I, I... sorry we're jumping ahead a little bit but oh. it's brilliant well i say it's brilliant it's dead provocative that at the end in verse 20 he says you know where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundations. Now, in some ways, you think, oh, that's pride, that's vanity, you know, and in some ways, you think, well, yeah, it is. But in another way, it's in the Bible <laughs> uh, that Paul yeah. was wanting to pioneer yeah. and, and stand on Christ as his foundation and not somebody else, which is mind boggling. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I, I love this verse. Um... Someone challenged me with this verse, oh, maybe 20 years ago. Um, and for me, it's a challenge about, it is about breaking new grounds. It is about pioneering. It's not, so as a church leader, you know, I love it when people join our church. I don't care who they are. When people join our church, fantastic. I don't, it's great. Uh, but my heart always sinks a little bit when they've come from another church. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, what I want to see is people who had never been to church before, who've never heard the gospel before, get to hear the gospel, come to faith and join Christ Church. That's yes. what I want. Um, because then we're not building on someone else's foundation. Yeah. So, you know, that's, I mean, I love it when people return back to Christ, if they've kind of wandered off, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I was talking to someone today who's kind of, gone away from God and come back and gone away and come back. And I said, he's, he's, he's now called Lazarus because he's had so many comebacks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what we want to see are people coming to faith for the first time. 
Yeah. And having never heard the gospel, and there are literally hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of people like that, just in our nation. I mean, I was talking to um, my barber just before Christmas, uh, and he was asking what I did and all that kind of stuff. And he literally had no idea about the gospel or about church. I mean, not even the first thing. Um, that's what I want people like that to come to Jesus. Yeah. And, and I think that that verse 20 uh, also encourages me, and Paul does in, in 16 and 17 as well, to, I, I don't, I'm not being nonchalant about this one, but to take a risk, to, to have an adventure. Mm. Uh, you know, I... I I remember buying for I preached on take a risk for take a risk for Jesus, and I bought about three hundred bracelets or you know rubber rubber bands like this one that I've got yeah. on my wrist. Take a risk for take a risk for Jesus. It says, and I was encouraging people just and as I mentioned on Sunday, you might fall flat in your face, yeah. but taking a risk and pioneering and not building somebody else's foundation, reaching yeah. people that haven't been reached. You know, we've got the go-ahead. We've got the blessing to, to, to do that. And it's not it's not vitally important how successful that is. It's not about, it's about taking the risk and, and knowing that God is with you, uh, yeah. as opposed to just playing it safe and staying in the harbour. We've got to get out into the seas. That's right. I, you know, for me, uh, uh, I don't like talking about success because people misconstrue success. But I think success for me, is trying something, whether I fail or not, or whether I succeed or not, is, is irrelevant. It's the trying, yeah. that's the success. Yeah. Um, you know, so trying something that falls flat on its face, that's okay because I've done something I've not tried before. I did it because I felt God was calling me to do it. And that is success. That is movement. That is yeah. growth. And yeah. uh, that, that to me is more important. Whether it works or not, is almost irrelevant. That's down to God. He's the one who brings yeah. growth. Uh, our job is to simply be obedient, even if it means taking a risk. Yeah. And just going back a little bit, I mean, I like in verse 17, um, uh, he says, therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. And he's pointing there, isn't he, to, actually, this is worship. You know, this is, this is what worship is. We serve God. And, uh, you know, it's kind of going back to what he said in, in uh, chapter 12 about, you know, um, about our spirit. Let me read it. Uh, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Yeah. And, um, you know, just serving God with everything we've got is, is the biggest act of worship we can ever, ever do. Uh, let's just touch on one more thing before we move on, because uh, we have talked a little bit here. Uh, because I think um, verse 19 kind of brings us back to 13, because yes. it's sort of the power of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, what, what he says here is that, you know, he's talking about what Christ has accomplished through him. Uh, and that wasn't simply because he was being obedient, but it was because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, I know that's the kind of verse to get you going a little bit as well, isn't it? It gets me going. It also, in some ways, makes me want to cry because mm. more often not what Christians do is completely ignore that verse because it's too scary. Yeah. Because it talks about the powers of signs and wonders. And in the 21st century, uh, in Southport, in Christchurch, 
we don't see a lot of the power of signs and wonders. And you have to go down the two lines of, well, it doesn't happen now, or we're not doing it. Uh, and lots of churches go down the line of, it doesn't happen now, which I think is absolute baloney. Yeah. You know, you just can't find that from, from the Bible. You know, but what you do for the Bible is, is that Jesus and the apostles consistently use signs and wonders. So, I, so I, therefore, I'm left myself with a challenge of what am I not doing? Mm. And, I, and I need to just leave myself with that challenge as opposed to try and go for any other cop-out. You know, how can I start doing more of this stuff? What, how can I learn? A bit like that analogy of the, of the, the, the driving course that went on with, with, with Phil. You know, how can we start? Let's not cop out and just pretend it's not there, which is what most Christians do. Yeah. Let's just accept that we're not great at this and, and, and look at it and work on it. Yeah. And, and as I said before, the very act of trying to move in the power of the Holy Spirit mm. is success. Even if nothing happens, you've tried um, yeah. And I want to, you know, we're getting into our next bit really, but uh, I really want to encourage people who watch this, you know, pray for miracles, step out for, in terms of miracles, you know, yeah. pray with people, not just for people, uh, and see what God will do. And it's, and it's also not primarily aimed at the church, I feel. Signs and wonders in the Bible were used as the one-stop route for conversion. Yeah. It was... Heal somebody or cast out demons or, or, you know, bring their sight back or whatever it is. And then say, oh, by the way, this was done by because of the love of Jesus Christ and through his power. Yeah. And they go, tell me more. You know, <laughs> it's a very easy route into revealing the supernatural God. Exactly. Whereas, you know, what we try and do is teach and teach and teach and teach. And we use Western styles of if I educate and educate and educate, then eventually they'll believe in Jesus. Whereas that wasn't Jesus's style. No. It was signs and wonders, and then let me tell you what I've done. Yeah, they were hands in hands. Yeah. Uh, let's just think about the application here, and uh, we're going to go a little bit wider. So let's think about how this applies to us today. Um, I think for me, Rob, the first thing is, is going back to that word trust. Yeah. You know, simply trusting God moment by moment. Uh, I know for me, all too often, I end up trusting my own strength and trusting yeah. my own skill, my own ability, uh, which is why I fall fat, fat on my face most of the time. But <laughs> um, well, it it's a really hard thing to do, isn't it? To trust God in everything, you know, it with is. your finances, with your relationships, with your family, with your ministry. Uh, you know, at this, particularly in this season that we're in right now, you know, with the whole kind of COVID-19 thing, yeah. Um, you know, we've seen an incredible increase of fear, uh, you know, Christians struggling with fear, uh, and fear is, is almost an absence of trust in God. You know, it's, we need to come back to this. How am I trusting God right now for everything in my life? Yeah. Uh, I think very, very practically wise, you, you quoted Romans chapter 12, verse 1, just before, but Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, be transformed yeah. by the renewing of your mind so mm. you'll know what God's good and perfect will is. And um, I, th I think really, really practically, when we're looking at trusting on God on an ongoing basis, it, it, we have to get really practical and say, well, we do this by changing the way we think, changing our attitudes, or having our mind transformed, is how we do it, so that 
you know, when we get up in the morning and, and we're thinking about, I don't know, big things or small things, should I change my job? Should I apply for a new job? Then you, your mind goes to God mm. to trust him, to talk to him, to get guidance from him. When you yeah. think about, should I buy a new car? Should we go on a holiday? Should you know? Are we thinking, okay, how am I going to witness to, for God today? You know, it's 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 changing the way you think uh, to engage with God, as opposed to getting to the end of the day and thinking, you know, God never entered my head and uh, from dawn till dusk today. Yeah, and uh, and, and it's, 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 that place exactly where have you trusted in God that day? If you've never even thought about it, never mind talk to Him. Yeah, you, you've clearly not trusted Him that day. Um, yeah, but yeah. I think very, very practically, you know, you, you can do such simple things like set alarms on your clock or set reminders and say, you know, you know, have I clicked in with God? Have I asked God? Have I discussed with God? Just yeah. until you build up habits, which allows you to regularly clock in and regularly just be, you know, some people call them uh, arrow prayers as opposed to just just having a constant communication. Yeah. You know, that doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a long period of time of changing, exactly. transforming your mind, your attitude, your thinking. Mm, exactly. What point would you like to bring out in terms of an uh, application? Well, I, I'm going to go for a, a, a real uh, biggie. Uh, I, I want to go for a massive challenge for, for people. And uh, two parts, theory and practice. And uh, in, in the verse for the year, it talks about the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse uh, 18, it talks about the, the power of signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to challenge people, uh, whatever level they're at and their understanding of what all that means, to spend some time developing that. Mm. You know, find out, you know, do go to your concordances, get a Bible dictionary, and, and find out how many times it mentions in the New Testament the power of the Holy Spirit or, mm. or signs and wonders. Read around it. Find out how it was done, when it was done, why it was done, and then start thinking, how can I start applying that to my life? Sure, absolutely. It's not a short-term fix in any way. This this is a lifelong venture, but for some people, they may not have started along this venture. So I want to encourage you. In fact, I'm going to show you two things that will help you. There's a thing here called, I'll bring it back a little bit. There we go. It's that... Uh, it's an interlinear Greek New Testament. So it tells you the New Testament in English and in Greek. So you can look at English words and Greek words and find out exactly what they mean. Because we have like one word for power in English, but in Greek in the Bible, there's, there's really two big words for power. One means more authority, mm. you know, designated authority as in designated power. And the other one means the one we're talking about here. But you don't know that unless you do a bit of time and effort into it. Yeah. And then the other thing you need... Is a, is a Greek dictionary to tell you what these Greek words mean. Others are available, but Vines is pretty good. Um, and I want to encourage people, if we are disciples, invest a little bit. You can pick up them secondhand for 10, 15 quid, two essential tools to allow you to explore this and develop your understanding. Not build your foundations on what you learn from the platform or from you and me, but create your own foundations mm. from studying it yourself. Mm. But then the application is we have to take the risk of trying to apply it. That's right. And that's where kind of my point comes in is about trusting God. Yeah. And I think I think one of the reasons why we don't always see signs and wonders is that actually that people don't always trust God in that. 
They think yeah. God's going to let me fall flat on my face. Well, he might do, but he might not do. You know, and um, there's a real life, there's a real struggle some people have in trusting God for those kind of big things, mm. for the, the miraculous. Uh, and if we're to truly trust God and discover joy and peace, uh, then it is in everything. And everything we see in scripture is for us to learn and to do. Yeah. Um, and we need to be doing the work of the kingdom, which is healing, deliverance, preaching the gospel, uh, and believing that God will act through it. Yeah. Uh, I suppose one point I wanted to bring out was um, uh, was kind of picking up on that last verse uh, about how easy it is for Christians to simply, well, first of all, huddle together and be holy huddle. Uh, but also um, not always look to break new ground because we think it's too hard. In some ways, I think I think we're getting to a point now where it's probably going to be easier to talk to people who've never heard the gospel before about Jesus than it is to those who have heard something. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there, there are lots of people who used to come to church who don't go anymore, you know, all across this nation, uh, millions of them. Um and in some way, they, they left church for, for whatever reason. You know, maybe they were hurt. Maybe they didn't um, see the gospel lived out amongst p- church people. But I think in some ways now, the breaking new ground thing might be easier for us than it used to be. Yeah. Um, because people have no idea. Um, and I think we need to be challenged by that. We need to stop trying to simply draw back those who used to come and really go after those who have never heard the gospel before. Yeah, to use a slightly perverse COVID analogy, uh, many people have had the inoculation from church, mm-hmm. uh, and they're, they're harder to reach. I've tried that. It didn't work. You know, and and you, when you try, whereas some people have never been infected by, by the Holy Spirit at all or by church, and, the, and, the, and the, we can catch that. I apologize for the inappropriate of the analogy, but it is one that works. <laughs> it, is, it is. And again, that comes back to trust, doesn't it? You know, believing that actually God really wants those who were, who've never heard the gospel to come yeah. to him. And to, he wants to use us in order to bring them back to him. You know, that's a, that's a trust issue as well. And um, we've got to believe that, that God wants us to break new ground. Any other application that you want to bring out before we get into some questions? Um, I, the, the word peace again as an application I, 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 I want to encourage us to be and I, I use this word on purpose to to uh, not irritate but to provoke to be peace warriors um, uh, you know which obviously you might think is a juxtaposition but it's not really you know it, it, you really have to fight in order to be people of integrity and to bring social justice. It's not good enough for me to be okay in my yeah. ivory tower, or even me to be holy in my ivory tower if there's injustice all about the place. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really believe as Christians, my, my question would be, uh, in fact, I'm not having a question yet, the question's going to come next. You know, my, my application would, would be, you know, look about us being people of peace, peacemakers, peace warriors. Yeah, that's great. Okay, let's think of some questions for people to reflect on. Uh, so we're going to go a little bit further. So we're going to uh, just give you some questions to reflect on. You can do these either on your own 
uh, or ideally as part of one of our missional communities. And if you're not part of a missional community, we would love you to join one. Uh, all you need to do is if you contact me or contact the office, we can put you in touch with uh, some of the missional community leaders and you can have a chat with them, see which one works out for you. Uh, you can try them and if it doesn't work, try another one. That's fine as well. You can kind of dip your toe in and see how it goes. But uh, we would love you to join a missional community. So do please think about it. Rob, why don't you go first? Have you got a question for people to reflect on? Yeah, a, a question for people is it's a very practical uh, question, but I think you want, you want to do in a group if possible, is can, can you think of two steps that you can do to help you trust in God on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. So to help you live your life on a daily basis with God, two practical steps that you can do. Now, so if you do them as part of a group, you'll hopefully get a whole lot of practical steps between you to discuss, but make sure they are practical and not mm -hmm. and, and specific, not just... I could pray more, uh, you know, be, be very specific. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that you can actually implement these practical steps. Very good. Yeah. And I, I guess the, the other one alongside that then is uh, how, how can I start to step out in the power of the Holy Spirit more? What am I going to do this year that's been, that will be different to previous years? Um and, you know, that's the, that's the balance then of both trusting in God and also seeking God's work in and through you. Because I hope that you long to see more miracles in your life, not just for you, but for, for as you minister to those around you. So how are you going to see the work of the Holy Spirit grow in your life this year? And maybe part B to that question is I would like people to report back to let's say you or me or both of us in as they studied the Bible about yeah. signs and wonders and the power of the Holy Spirit questions they have or answers they found even better. I had this question. I did my research. I, I listened to this video. I looked at this. I had to go. I found this answer and share it back with us yeah. mm -hmm. and with your missional community. But yeah. I would love to hear you know, whatever whatever source it is by Sunday mornings or, or WhatsApp or church suite or whatever it is, just coming back to and saying, I did this study, I, I found this out and this got me excited, this got me going. I never knew this or I found this, you know, that kind of stuff. I probably want to add to that. This is perhaps part C. Was that what I got to? When you've studied that you learn how to act and when you act, if you've got a story, and what God yeah. has done through you, come and tell us. We would yeah. love to hear about it. Uh, we won't make you kind of tell everyone else, but at the very least, tell your mission community. Um, if you're not in the mission community, then send an email or something like that. We would love to hear about what God is doing through you. Hmm. Have you got another question, Rob? Another question is, how could you be a, a shalom warrior, a peacemaker? How could you... Personal integrity, social justice, prosperity for all. That's God's desire. God's desire, not just prosperity for the church, prosperity for all, social justice for all, personal integrity for all. How in 2021 Southport, which I really believe is a massive need, how could you, in your home, in your mission community, or as a church, but primarily for you, how could you as an individual be a shalom warrior in 2021? Good. 
And that, I suppose the final question is, uh, where are you going to break new ground this year? So who are you going to share the gospel with who you know they've got no idea about the gospel at all? Mm. Uh, this will mean, this will be a step of trust and faith. It will mean you kind of having to rethink how you communicate the gospel, because that's a challenge for us, I think. Uh, when you're talking to people who don't know anything, you have to rethink about how you communicate the gospel. Because uh, yeah. you can't just use uh, the kind of language we always use. Uh, I was on Chapel Street on Saturday, uh, and there was two guys uh, with a microphone shouting out the gospel. Oh. And all they did was, was string a long series of Christian cliches together. You know, come and get washed in the blood of the Lamb. You know, <laughs> saved by grace. Oh, which is true. But it meant nothing, absolutely nothing to those who were hearing it, you know, if yeah. there were were listening. Uh, so how are you going to break new ground? How are you going to do it in a way that's relevant? Yeah, and the you know, the fifth aspect of our vision is be relevant. Yeah. And um, relevance is about communication. So, yeah, that's a convoluted question, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, thank you for your time today. Thank you for preaching on Sunday. It was great. And uh, we're going to leave with that. We're going to see you uh, next week. Do join us on Sunday for uh, service, either in church or online, uh, and next week for deeper. So thank you for joining us. Have a great week and stay safe. Okay, bye now.